the smell of napalm in the morning. Did you first play? I'll bet you could suck a golf ball through a garden hose. Good morning, Vietnam! You let me worry about that green beret. Napalm in the morning. Your first, last, and only podcast for the Vietnam War through film. fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Oh, big applause. Yeah, fairly big applause. Good morning, campers. Hey. Welcome to Napalm in the Morning. I'm Matt Yeagle. I'm Eric Jones. And it's been a little while. It's um, been, Yeah. Too long. And it'll be too long again because Eric's going back to Indonesia. So uh, we'll this, it in. this is our new reality for now and maybe forever. Who who knows? Um, uh, but, you know, we're sort of doing the best we can. I don't know if we are, but uh, we're doing okay. We're doing okay. Yeah, we're doing okay. Yeah. So uh, welcome back. We're glad you're sticking with us. We have uh, an interesting Film that might be a bit generous, um, but uh, we, let's just say we have it's, a film that we're doing. Yeah, it's a, and, it, and it's a, it's a little bit outside of the maybe the 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 norm of of direct uh, nineteen sixty five to seventy three American action in the bang 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 second in China War. Um, you think you're doing that grunt? Get up, <laughs> kill the enemy. Exactly. Um, There's a little bit of that in this, but uh, this is 1985's yeah. Volunteers, also a Jefferson Airplane song and album, <laughs> but that's 1970. No, wait, 69. Sorry, it's got to be yeah, better 69. Got to than be better than this movie. Spoiler oh, it's it's way better. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yes. Yeah, so we are doing Volunteers. It is uh very notable and famous, f- probably mostly for it being when Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson began to fall in love. Yeah, but you've got you've got a you've got a pretty like you know for for the mid '80s you've got Tom Hanks, John yeah. Candy, uh, Rita. I mean, yeah, it's a big the, yeah. you know this is a, this is as good as it gets in an ensemble like you know comedy kind of. Yeah, and I'll just say I was grossly disappointed with the uh, <laughs> out, uh, I guess outcome, but <laughs> all that money, all that talent, and you wasted it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, before we get in, um, beer of the week. Mm, oh yeah, please. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's uh, let's uh, let's let's. What do you got dialed for us? Oh, um, almost played book of the week. More child labor on display. That is. Do you pay your kids? Uh, you know, uh, uh, royalties. Uh, I pay them by feeding them dinner. <laughs> okay, so beer of the week this week. As normal, it was very tough and trying to find the beer of the week, or one that you know. Yeah, I, I have a I have a high bar for my beer of the week, and uh, you know I'm looking for beers that have to do with bridges because 
that's a theme in the film. Something, you know, I don't know. Southeast yeah, Asian, right? It could, be, it could be geography. It could be thematic. It could be, yeah. Uh, it could be a lot of- I did see a Chinese beer, which I thought about, but it wasn't uh, in the cooler, so I didn't get it. Um, <laughs> but I thought, Thanks. well, one of the characters is Chinese in the film, so maybe that could work. And, but I, then I yeah. thought New England, right? Our main protagonist oh, is Tom Hanks from New England. Uh, he's a Yale. And so I'm Googling famous New England breweries as I'm there looking for beer, failing at every turn, and then it hits me like a, uh, like a cold IPA does. Yeah. Um, what's the most famous New England brewery? Duh. Sam Adams. Sam Adams. So, yes, it's kind of low-hanging fruit and sort of sad and pathetic, but it is Sam Adams, and it's Sam Adams is a fine beverage. Uh, you know, if you're when in doubt, yeah. it's usually solid. Yeah, you know, this, this, uh, this uh, crisp and hoppy cold IPA is like, it's like, Super drinkable. Yeah. 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 So you're welcome, world. Um, and it, so, yeah, there's uh, Sam Adams free plug. Um, yeah, sponsor of Sam Adams. Um, now, as we as we drink this, you'll notice that Matt and I um, uh, kind of uh, a transatlantic accent kind of will come over us. I'm like, <laughs> it may. I don't know. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, it may come and go as it did come and go for <laughs> Tom. <laughs> did you notice how? Sometimes, yeah. How weirdly... Yeah, so he plays like, I'm a snob, you see. I'm a, I'm a, I've got a Yale degree, and I'm going to do, uh, you know, do some business over in Thailand. And, yeah, he's... Uh, right. He, he, it, and it and it's about that good, as mine was. Yeah, it, it's weirdly... <laughs> do you need a dialect coach, Tom? Or, like, you know, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, what should, we, what should we say before we get into the... Um, Dive into the script here. Well, you might be asking why we're doing it. It's about the Peace Corps, and the Peace Corps is a big, you know, introduced in, and I'll talk about some of the background on that. Uh, we can both do that, and so maybe yeah. some of NIU's connection yeah, with exactly. this. Yeah, um, exactly. Northern the, the, Illinois. The, the building we're sitting in is a, is a direct result of those endeavors. So we, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. We'll take a break and learn you some history, maybe, if you're lucky. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we opened with, with that very JFK ask not, etc. speech from his inauguration. Um, and then we have some, you know, B-roll, black and white footage uh, from the 60s. Jim Crow protests, uh, Khrushchev, Castro, Mao, your greatest hits of the 60s. Uh, helicopters, uh, Roger Maris hitting the 61st home run. It's it struck me that like etc. Watching so many uh, of our other films that are set after sixty five, the music to choose from is so much better. You know, like you could. Do, oh, and like, I have a problem with some music used later, <laughs> which I will point out when we get to it. But but you know, but you see, like they're they're stuck with, you know, the the four tops or whatever shit. You know, or um, Burt Bacharach, R.I.P. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that could be worse. That is but, today. Today is uh, yeah. February but 9th. they couldn't use uh, Jefferson. You know, airplane volunteers. They could not. Yeah. Sadly. Um, Lakers and Celtics. NBA Finals. Three to three. 1962. In the series. 1962. And the TV turns off kind of right as the game ends. Yeah. Um, And. We see our protagonist, Tom Hanks. Yeah. Uh, He is. He's. uh, This is when he's in the gambling den, right? This is, this is, uh, he's playing cards. Um, there's like five African-American guys, I guess, at the table. Lots of smoke in the air. 
I I thought right from the get-go of the film, Tom Hanks lights a cigarette, and then they kind of cut to somebody else, and then they show Hanks again, and the cigarette isn't lit. And I was like, ah, beautiful. This is the kind of film we're dealing with. Fantastic. <laughs> Continu- um, continuity. Yeah. Uh, the the uh, and, and also, of course, um, you know, it's it couldn't get, you know, more cliched. Like, he's the, you know, the... the the smart, jokey, you know, brilliant card playing, and he's got the 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 angry, emotional African Americans who also pull a knife on, on right. him. Right, <laughs> better not be bluffing me. Yeah, um, as if bluffing. He's mad. He's mad. At Tom makes because he might be bluffing, and as if bluffing is not part of the main part of poker. You know, like yeah. Um, no, you just bet. And you go like all mud, in, money, no matter what your hand is. Hundred thousands of dollars are on the table. Yeah, so Tom Hanks uh, wins. Oh, there is a very flirtatious gal with him. I don't have her name in my notes, yeah. but she's uh, the valedictorian of 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 uh, Sarah Lawrence or some shit. You know, uh, as a girl, I, at women's college. I think Brown that's. Or, like, yeah. I think that's what its name was. Yeah, Sarah Lawrence or some shit. You, um, <laughs> uh, he wins. Um, the guy freaks out, but the bar is <laughs> or the I guess gambling room is being closed right at that point. So he leaves, and he. Is talking to the barkeep. He owes him fourteen grand, and he bets him yeah. double or nothing on the Lakers Celtics game seven. He chooses the Lakers. And I'll just say, not a good decision. <laughs> Going in, and I'm not liking that decision. Okay, right. Um, so we have yeah a lot of not good accents going on here. Um, where am I? Hank and the lady friend. Uh, oh, yes. They are, uh, as Troy, RIP, our, our friend would say, um, what does he call it when people have sex on movies? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what was his term? He didn't want to use sex, oh, but it was yeah, so much worse than yeah, sex. Yeah, it was so much worse. I don't know. The beast with two backs. Yeah, uh, 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 they're, doing, they're doing the naughties, and the roommate is like, in the hallway, like leaning against the door, and I was more annoyed than the roommate. I was just like, "Oh God!" Like, you know, it was like the 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 worst like sex noises, kind of like fake. Um, uh, Lawrence, oh Lawrence Bourne the third. Lawrence Bourne the third. That's uh, that's Lawrence Bourne the third. Lawrence Bourne the third. You Tom, hear that fifty times. Tom, in the Tom does not. He does a lot of things well, but like like snobby guy is totally out of his range he that's not his you know he's just too nice man he re, yeah, he's he, america's he hero. right he reads as america's sweetheart so um yeah yeah re- remember when he and uh rita wilson like were like the first famous people to get covid and like everybody that was the turning lost point their mind yeah oh my god not we've tom lost, hanks we've lost tom oh my god um yeah so uh. The volunteer uh, post-coitus is discussing uh, his decision to go to the Peace Corps. Yeah, so it's Tom's roommate who's sticking, sitting outside, and he's like, hey, I'm going to... Yeah, they're about to graduate that day, I think, and uh, the yeah. roommate's like, "I'm tonight, I'm getting on a plane and heading to... Yeah, Thailand. Thailand. And this might be a decent time to discuss, a, just briefly, the background of the Peace Corps. Yeah. Uh, which he is... That. Getting getting his toes wet into okay, so this is a concept that had been floating around for a decade or so. Um, the president of the UAW actually kind of initially proposed this in like a UAW like flyer or newsletter or something like that. 
for some kind of like civilian volunteer force or something like that. And then in 1951, as Kennedy's a congressman, he is big in promoting this from that position, that idea. Um, but it doesn't fully go anywhere quite yet. But this is interesting, right? He first time he leans into it as a presidential campaign, uh, or candidate, excuse me, is October 14th, 1960. Campaign stop at the University of Michigan. It's 2 a.m. He just arrived, right? He's planning to go to bed, you know, and, and but there are 10,000 students waiting for him. They want to hear him speak. And he's like, so many ladies. So many ladies, so little time. Uh, so from the steps of the student union, he kind of, in kind of unscripted fashion, kind of lays out this proposal. And here is some audio of that. That's a taste of it at Michigan. Um, a couple nights later, students wrote out a call to action. Starts on a napkin. And within a few days' time, they have a 1,000 students signed up to said, join. We'll, we'll, we'll do what you asked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. So um, that's its initial, initial thing there is at Michigan. Now, as an official campaign speech, an official part of his campaign – November 2nd, at the Cow Palace, home of many great, uh, in San Francisco, great concerts in San Francisco. I told you I'm going to turn this into a music podcast one day. Um, You know, the friggin' dead, like Quicksilver, um, and so many. Cow Palace is a good, you know, larger sort of sized former Cow Palace. Um, Let's listen to Kennedy at the Cow Palace talking about the Peace Corps. I therefore propose that our inadequate efforts in this area be supplemented by a Peace Corps of talented young men and women willing and able to serve their country in this fashion for three years as an alternative or as a supplement to peacetime selective service. Well qualified. training our young men as soldiers of war, but we also want them to be ambassadors of peace. That's Kennedy, November 2nd. Uh, Richard Nixon, his opponent in the campaign, Republican nominee, Vice President under Eisenhower, 
four days later, releases this statement. And lucky for you folks, I don't have audio. <laughs> Damn it. But that means I'm going to read it as hey, Richard Nixon. Uh, here in California, a few days ago, Senator Kennedy proposed <laughs> the establishment of so-called Peace Corps. <laughs> Doing so, he was appealing to one of the higher aspirations of our nation. I'm going to swing back into my voice. Uh, that of not serving, not, uh, serving not ourselves alone, but also the people of other nations. But the plan he proposed for achieving this objective is superficial and obviously concocted solely for campaign purposes. Put into effect, it would be harmful to both the Selective Service and those so ably representing the U.S. abroad. The proposal he makes is to say, in effect, to young men who are eligible for the draft, quote, if you will volunteer for a Peace Corps and you can evade your obligations under the Selective Service and Training Act. That could be an issue a little bit yeah. once NOM starts, actually, but for now continue with Nixon. Thus, he proposes to undermine our selective service system by providing an escape hatch. Escape hatch. For those who do not want to serve in the armed forces. This would ultimately bring the whole system into disrepute. It would set up an elite corps who would be excused from military duties. This would be a class distinction completely alien to our heritage. A class distinction that would cause great resentment. Insofar as serving the peoples of other nations is concerned... He proposes to send America's representatives to other nations, young men, whom he calls volunteers, but who, in truth, in many instances, will be trying to escape the draft. Instead of sending these free nations, young men and women, generally eager to dedicate their lives to the service of others, Mr. Kennedy would cater the draft evasion. He would develop a cult of escapism. <laughs> Here's another example of Mr. Kennedy's fast and flashy technique of proposing a program that looks good on the surface, but which is inherently dangerous presidency is no place for a man who acts first and thinks later and he goes on and on and on but so yeah richard nixon um good I, cool uh I mean, what what like the so in, in our audience may, may or may not know like the you know the it's not like the peace corps is <clears throat> um totally uh you know hippies putting flowers in gun barrels. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm saying the Peace, the Peace Corps was up to good work, but this is definitely part of soft power United States diplomacy, like, without without a doubt. and and, and 100%. Kennedy is definitely responding to because the yeah. Soviet Union had something like this already, so... This, yeah, and, and, and I'm not... I'm not I, the, I think the Peace Corps is, 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 is pretty great, but it's not it's not a, an uncomplicated or, or an uncritical or without strings attached kind of institution and so the you know the kind of the line that Kennedy's or that Nixon is trying to draw you know not shockingly is sort of like you know n not exactly entirely truthful um because in, in reality this would be this would be a a, a a real tool for American diplomacy um in terms of getting into places that uh m might be a more difficult sort of military incursion or other influence like for the for the developing world post-war uh, this is this is money and, and resources they desperately need, and so it, this is a this is a great some say Trojan horse, um, uh, but but a but a certainly outcome of not just uh, goodwill, but um, you know political will. Yeah, and that political will is uh, well. It, I guess initially it's done via executive order. Okay, the establishment of the Peace Corps, March first, nineteen sixty one. Here's Kennedy announcing that executive order. Today signed an executive order providing for the establishment of a Peace Corps on a temporary pilot basis. 
I'm also sending to Congress a message opposing authorization of a permanent Peace Corps. This call will be a pool of trained men and women sent overseas by the United States government or through private institutions and organizations to help foreign countries meet their urgent needs for skilled manpower. It is our hope to have between 500 to 1,000 people in the field by the end of this year. We will send Americans abroad who are qualified uh, to do a job. We will send uh, those abroad who are committed to the concept which motivates the Peace Corps. It will not be easy. None of the men and women will be paid a salary. They will live at the same level as the citizens of the country which they're sent to, doing the same work, eating the same food, speaking the same language. We're going to put particular emphasis on those men and women who have skills in teaching, agriculture, and in health. I'm hopeful that it will be a source of uh, satisfaction to Americans and a uh, contribution to uh, world peace. Executive order would get signed by Congress. Is it in August or September 61? Um, and officially be on the books. Uh, oh, yeah. Signed uh, 20, September 22nd, 1961. Kennedy signs the bill from Congress. First volunteers are sent to Ghana, August 1961. And Peace Corps is, starts there. Okay, It peaks at over 15,000 volunteers in 1966. So that's the Peace Corps at its peak. 66. Yeah. Okay. I forget and, what the number is now. I think and it's like 8,000 does, does that get them out of service? Uh, so, yes. I mean, technically, they can be excused from selective service, but there are instances where there are attempts to, like, pull back, and it gets a little bit complicated on, like, different people's, like, individual cases. And some people saying, like, I'm a conscientious objector to the war, therefore I'm signing up for the Peace Corps. And mm -hmm. then other people, like, not actually announcing that they're conscientious objectors and that, but signing up for the Peace Corps and how that is viewed a little bit differently. And then there is, I forget what year, was that 67, that people in, oh gosh, were they in Guatemala? Start getting, Peace Corps volunteers start receiving notices to report for draft induction. And there are, you know, freaking out like, I'm here. I thought I was clear yeah. and all this stuff. And then so it becomes a bit of a tug and pull between the Peace Corps and the Selective Service, you know, the armed forces. Yeah. About. Well, Nixon predicted it. <laughs> he was right about a lot of things. Not Kennedy. You know? Bobby <laughs> Kennedy, too. Nobody talks about his good ideas. Um, um, yeah. So the, uh, I have more on a um, little more. We can go. Let's continue. So the so the. Um, in the we we back to the film we've got like the, the there's some great phrases when he's talking to his uh, roommate about the Peace Corps he's like oh you know sweaty young men from distant lands you know there's <laughs> there's this very there's a there's a paternalism that mm -hmm. is 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 pretty heavy in, well in the Peace Corps and in uh, well in in developments in mm -hmm. uh, you know uh, direct foreign aid whatever that that is, that's the kind of the backward benighted peoples of the world and the, you know, we're going to uplift and, uh, it's, a, it's a, it shares so much of that with colonialism, mm -hmm. um, that, that an attitudinal 
um, you know, we're here to help these pe- these people who can't help themselves. It's a white man's burden, Eric. <laughs> it is. <laughs> pick up your take up your best of breed, man. Um, yeah. So the uh, we 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 so we, we now he loses his, he loses the game. Uh, so yeah. Kennedy is giving the commencement speech at Yale, <laughs> yeah, which is true. He did give it at Yale. Um, I don't have the date written down. It was June. No, but I do. June eleventh, nineteen sixty-two. Okay. Hanks is listening to the basketball game on the radio through like a little earpiece, earpiece yeah. because he's got twenty-eight grand essentially running on yeah. this game, and there's a slight pro- slight problem here. Okay, and I knew this was going to be a problem right when they introduced the basketball as being a topic friggin NBA finals did not end in June in 1962 oh, okay game seven of that busted. NBA finals was played April 18th 1962 so it's two months prior to the Kennedy commencement speech at Yale so chronologically this is impossible folks shame on you volunteers I do want to give him props. They did have the correct score for the game, 110 to 107 in overtime. Who do they think we are, though? And the Celtics, not surprisingly, won. The Lakers would not actually win the NBA Finals until 72, I think. Jerry West's only title. Sad emoji. And <laughs> well, as, as a player. Uh, was he executive? No, because he was. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was, I don't know, some kind of quasi-executive in the 80s for the Lakers. Yeah, definitely. Um, he wasn't GM though. I don't think was he. I don't remember. Anyways, I've got a good. I got a good, quick Lakers story for you. Uh, oh, is this Magic Johnson's? I've seen Magic Johnson naked, folks. Magic Johnson's Johnson. Um, <laughs> I have, and uh, all that you need to know is that uh, the rumors are true. No, that that uh, yeah, we got we made fake press passes. A friend and I in college. Uh, shout out to Russ Yidey, and we. Um, Got into the the Lakers Trailblazers were playing an exhibition game in Hawaii where we were going to school and uh, yeah we got into the locker room and we, Jerry West gave us the press passes. Um, um, we and how go- long after that did he announce he had HIV? <laughs> well, actually, yeah. If you if you connect the dots, that was nineteen ninety, yeah, something, yeah, nineteen ninety or or. Or 91. Well, he... 91. 91. He <laughs> retired in 91. So. It should have been 91. He retired in November 91 and did not play, so... Yeah, so... Uh, right before the season started. That was... Um, yeah, I, I don't... So I, you got to see the last Johnson? I got to see James Worthy naked, Magic Johnson naked. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of... Uh, it was funny, is that, so there's a little gaggle of reporters around... And I do. I didn't know there's Magic Johnson sitting there. Wow, surprising! You didn't know all the beat reporters for the because uh... <laughs> I was a fake one. Yeah, and and a reporter moves, and there's there's a space, and so I just walk up into it, and then I'm like totally like Chris Farley with Paul McCartney um, interviewing him. Like, uh, you remember that time you scored triple double? <laughs> <laughs> they were going around firing questions and like I I I totally was just was not prepared for like I'm sitting with Maddie Johnson and Nugget next and so like they're all looking to be like what's up this guy's problem. <sighs> anyway, that's uh, my last before my last uh all the napalm readers come at me. Yes, I'm aware Maddie Johnson came back and played in 1996 as well. So, yes, it wasn't the last Johnson, but yeah, anyways. Um 
All right. The where where the hell are we? God. Uh, oh, so twenty thousand. He they lose. Yeah, the the barkeep and the guy the that the, got mad at him. The black right, dude the, that got mad at him with like, the switchblade. They're, they're sitting at the graduation, they're like there. mugging, mean listening to the game. Also, mean mugging him like, oh, you're dead. When he comes out down off of the stage, getting his diploma. Yeah, like twenty eight thousand dollars. Right. Um. So he goes and asks his father that night. They're having a little celebratory dinner for him. He's like seventh generation Yale or something. And ask his dad for 28K. And he says, no. He wants him to, you know, learn some lesson about responsibility yeah, it's very, or it's very something other. George Plimpton is literally the dad. Um, Lawrence Bourne Jr. And, yeah. Lawrence Bourne Third. It's very uh, um, East Coast, East. what I imagine... East Coast snobbery. And he refuses. To, he's going to teach him a valuable lesson. Sure. And Whatever. Uh, yeah. The, these, the, 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 the thugs come to the house and are going to are gonna beat him up for his money. Right? He's now 20000 Right. Father goes out there, thinks he's going to negotiate with them, and meanwhile, Hanks has hopped into his car and speeds how, off. How did you like this car chase? <laughs> it was very weird because it was like, there was like kind of like a map. Yeah, it was like, imagine like the Indiana Jones map where they're flying around, except this car that's like showing you a car route. Right. But so two can, cars chasing each other. Yeah. Tron light beam style. But and then he uh, like drives through the map. Yeah. And then at the airport, he drives through the map, which is a weird like, <laughs> and and screeches at the plane where he meets uh, the his roommate that was going into the Peace Corps. Yeah. Says like, dude, you got to trade me places. And the guy <laughs> pretty easily like, all right, if I can have your car. And your woman. And your woman. Yeah. <laughs> and your woman. Right. So he agrees, and then boom, uh, he is on the plane, and then you've got some slapstick. Uh, oh, the, the dude that was chasing him, like, yeah, runs, the up the, <laughs> runs up the steps and jumps on the plane and just hanging there, like, I'm going to get you, I'm going to get you. And <laughs> Hanks is, like, you know, yeah. talking, talking shit to him, and the, the plane... Uh, they get a call from the tower. Uh, there's a uh, man. He's hanging on the side of the plane. Yeah. And the driver, the uh, pilot, slams on the brakes, and then the jet, he falls <laughs> off. <laughs> it's like, okay, f- problem solved. Yeah. Okay, you're clear for takeoff. <laughs> oh, God. And uh, and then so Hanks goes onto the plane, and who does he see? Oh, I, but I like his first thing he sees on the plane is that he, like, looks in the back, and it's just this... Like, yeah. literally, like a kumbaya, like sing along. Yeah, that and was he, funny. And he closes the uh, drapes, and he's like, "So this is hell." <laughs> and uh, I was thinking, like, that is what my reaction would also be. Um, yeah, yeah. I, sh- I shared that with him too. I was yeah. like, "Oh god, <laughs> these motherfuckers!" Like, I guess <laughs> stuck on an airplane with. Um, but he sees uh, good old John Candy. Yeah, your guy. Yeah, yeah, miss him. Um. And he he play. I mean, what would you describe his character? He's kind of the 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 the, the mid- midwestern I, like. Well, he's or, from Washington. From Washington, but yeah. but like he's that kind of like, um, salt of the earth American. You know, Ashok's American. Um, yeah, Tom Tuttle from Tacoma. Right. Very rambly. Talks, 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 talks. Very goes on and on. Tom uh, has the flight attendant take uh, take this down for me, will you? Um, to on on the barf bag, so he gives her the barf bag and has her like write a note down so he can send it to his father. Uh, you know, and it's like made grave error, join peace call. Stop, stop. <laughs> Please send help immediately. Stop. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, like who would can you imagine asking a flight attendant to do that now? <laughs> like, eat a bag of dicks, dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, all then, the good old days when you could order flight attendants around. Stewardess. Just take this down for me. Uh, then the Yahoos all sing Puff the Magic Dragon uh, uh. as we see a map of the flight path. Um, interestingly, that song was not released until January of 1963, so I'm not sure how another, they would have been another error. Oh, singing man. it. Um, yeah. Can you, um, can you imagine how obnoxious some of the college students would have been singing that and thinking like, this song's really about drugs and like winking all the time. Like, yeah. To verify, because I had uh, the, the reason I, you know, look, knew that is because I looked it up just because I had the inkling that there is no way that that song was out in 62 and I was correct. And then I went on a bit of a deep dive about the song and it's not about drugs, but, um, Oh, in, really? Anyways. Uh, NYC to Paris to Rome. John Candy tries uh, talking to Tom Hanks about Roman urinals, and that's when Tom Hanks decides to switch seats. And his wife is there. Rita. Yeah. Well, not yet. They're not married yet. But yeah. um, Beth Wexler, and she thinks he's the roommate, right? Yeah, right, because she, she sees his name tag and is like, oh, right. you're so-and-so, and they've like obviously sent on a list somewhere, and like, oh, we're going to the same... Uh, uh, long ta. Um, right. They were extending DMs earlier. Um, <laughs> and uh, it, it didn't, it did make me think about there was a time, uh, when I was still alive where someone could, like, you know, sort of Leonardo DiCaprio style, catch me if you can, could be like, oh, I'm so and so. And he'd be like, I have no way of checking if you are. Like, all right. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> sounds plausible. Uh, right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and so, Rita, he immediately, uh, it was kind of, it's kind of uh, funny is the wrong, but it, he, you know, he's being nice to her on the plane and talking to her and listening. And then like the end of the, like towards the end of the flight, he's like, okay, I put in my time. So we're going to sleep together, right? Yeah. So should we go do the sex now? And, <laughs> and it was, it was funny. Cause it is like, I get see a guy thinking like that and the woman being like, no, like, yeah, you know, uh, she goes, uh, Kent, what are you doing? I thought we were becoming friends. And he goes, well, this is what I do with my friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was, that was a pretty decent line. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do with my friends. <laughs> so then he, uh, the jig is up. Yes. So I forget how exactly, but it comes out right there that he is actually long born. Yeah. Uh, she's not thrilled. Uh, he says several more offensive things to her, and then we are in Thailand. Yes, yes. And, um, you know, in Thailand, we meet immediately um, character actor Tim Thomerson. Should I do the Thai stuff now? Yeah, yeah. Let's hear a little about, let's hear a little about Thailand. I was just there. Had some sometime that melted my face. So good. Um... Non-Peace Corps-related, first U.S. forces arrive, arrive in Thailand on April 20th, 1961. Okay? At the Air Force there, our Air Force Base there. Okay? First Thai group of Peace Corps volunteers. 13 weeks of training at the University of Michigan. It ends January 18th, 1962, when they depart for Bangkok. Uh, the programs that they are kind of working on or administering there... Uh, in Thailand are health, uh, teaching English as a foreign language, vocational education. Sergeant Shriver is at the graduation ceremony. Sergeant Shriver is Kennedy's brother-in-law, 
and he is tapped to head up the Peace Corps, and he's also distantly related to me. Really? Really. Wow. Yeah. Why do you think I have so much money? <laughs> um, this is from Sergeant Shriver uh, at that. This is actually from the Michigan Daily, January 18th, 1962, uh, the paper. And so he's kind of explaining the Peace Corps, explaining the mission. Um, and this is from the Michigan Daily. Uh And this is from Shriver, quoted in that paper. Uh, Since the Corps began, there have been five marriages between personnel. One of the marriages occurred in Ann Arbor between two Corps Thailand volunteers training at the university. They're the first volunteers to marry during the training of any uh, of the nation's Corps centers. So I just want to say finding love in the Peace Corps evidently is possible in real life, too. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, you know, yours truly, Matt Yagel and his lovely wife, you know, found each other in the in the in, in <laughs> Center the for Southeast Asian Center for Studies. Southeast Asian Studies service, uh, uh, the core. Um, yeah, you know, on our our Center for Southeast Asian Studies here, uh, we're generous enough to let us use their studio. Nineteen sixty three. So this is this is mm-hmm. um, we're part of that, and it, it, it was founded to service um, uh, language learners, Peace Corps volunteers going to, to Malaya. Yes. Um, and so it's, it's, again... And I did notice some in to Thailand, too, but not in 62. Yeah, right. We did have we did have a, a later batch. Yeah. And, and so there's a, there's an interesting, like, part of, part of the generation that, um, you know, right before Matt and myself as Southeast Asianists, the... It's, it was pretty... Where you could co- get a job? Yeah, right. It used to be... They, they they came out of the Peace Corps and became specialists, or they came out of the military and became specialists. Or they mm-hmm. that those were like very common um, uh, people who had you know become dedicated. Um, it's, I mean, it it was uh, I say that the Peace Corps did, if for nothing else, sort of the in immersive language training and in country experience was a huge, um, right? You know, an asset for for the United States in terms of having people who actually knew the language cultures right of the of those regions so thank you peace corps you're welcome Bring them together. uh thai group two trained at the university of michigan from june 19th to september 7th 1962 and their programs were health and teaching english as foreign language so what i'm hinting at here this flight uh-huh. would have departed june 11th right after the graduation right there there is no in real life Peace Corps group to Thailand, it's all falling leaving apart. on June 11th. All right, our first group leaves January 18th to go, and they're there for two years. Our second group uh, trains at Michigan from June 19th to September 7th, so they leave September 8th, I guess, to go. Okay, so you uh, see what I'm saying? This is completely historically inaccurate. How are we supposed to they're believe off anything? By several months, because they get so much else right in this movie <laughs> that they that they. <laughs> They don't get it. It's, it's really... I'm actually a little impressed they were kind of close. Um, through 1971, there are 29 groups that go to Thailand, and there is, in all of them, I checked all of their programs for every group. No sign of engineering or bridge building in any of them. Oh, snap. I did see, quote, community development. So I guess if you want to maybe stretch that... I, maybe. Yeah, that was definitely Army Corps of Engineers shit doing building bridges. Like, yeah. yeah, so 
I guess I'm kind of giving away what the goal of this group is going to be. Um, I'm actually oh. not sure why Beth Lexler is there because she's like agricultural something or other and she's building a bridge. But anyways, she's giving people shots too of some sort. Oh, yeah. That's right. Like So, okay, we'll get uh, – that is a little bit of background on actual Thai groups that go in 1962 to Thailand from the Peace Corps. There are two that depart that year. And for more on the NIU connection, there's actually a book – yeah, check it out. Um, do you what? What is the name of it? I'm blanking. Um, um, the Rise of the Saramanok. Okay, so Rise of the Saramanok. Check it out for. I guess it's the history of yeah. the, our center at Northern, but Northern Illinois. But it also discusses some of Peace the Corps. Peace Corps Act aspect. Yep. So it's an NIU specific. Uh, some might say book of the week, maybe. Book of the week. <laughs> I have I have more too, but so, we'll get to those way later. So they get to they get to um, they're in Thailand, and um, the thing is, it's not Thailand. It's it's Mexico, um, which could have been a beer choice. I'm glad the Sam Adams is is nice, but uh, they are in Mexico. So how do you, for Mexico? It it was not the worst. It wasn't like um, Georgia. Trying to yeah, pretend like it's I was saying to Eric before we were on Mike. You know, kind of some of the aerial shots and things like that. Like, yeah, it looks like Southeast Asia. You know, you have some kind of rolling hillish stuff, and it looks heavy canopy. Yeah, heavy canopy. It looks kind of damp. It doesn't look dry. You know, so it's it's yeah. Um, it was it was, and they actually like did a fairly decent investment in like kind of reconstructing, like a I think it was they were reconstructing like a Karen village, right? Right. Um, and they actually had. Thai families. They ship some over. Um, yeah, like, I almost said bust them over, but that wouldn't be the right word. Um, yeah, ship them over. Um, so, yeah, that's, you know, I don't know. It's better than the Green Berets, Yeah, I man. mean, right. It's, you know? uh, yeah, we're all on a sliding scale here. And, you know, the so I see some of the, so the, the Karen are sort of a, um, uh, you know, an important ethnic minority uphill, upland peoples of Southeast Asia that, that you know, they're ethnic groups that are scattered across Thailand, uh, Burma, uh, Laos, and um, they they are. Um, it, I mean, it, it was interesting. So that the, and I, they don't really speak to it at all. But like, certainly, we noticed that like the 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 Thais were were Thai citizens could have been ostensibly, but they were not Thai. They were ethnic minority, correct? And so. Mm-hmm. The, the the ones who weren't Japanese and Chinese actors uh, that is but um, the uh, it was it was uh, I thought that would that was a, they could have made a choice and not done that that was could be worse again um, yeah I'll give them that um, so yeah uh, maybe um, yeah maybe they were they were uh, uh, some of the poor uh, Hmong refugees that uh, that the U.S. abandoned, like uh, maybe oh hey, well let's uh, you guys do anything? Let's get a film. Like could come, be come, yeah. come to Mexico and uh, right. uh, get on get on film there. Uh, so there, so the Tom Hanks gets off the plane and like starts throwing his gum at them, like uh, like uh, oh John. Well, let's introduce John Reynolds real quick for that. Like so, because oh, yeah. he will come up later as an important Cara- figure, character so. actor. Tim Thomerson, you've seen him. Yeah, in sorry, a bunch I of stuff. interrupted you when you were about to yeah. go there earlier. Sorry about that. Uh, he's the Amag- American Agricultural Mission head guy, and right. he greets uh, Beth Wexler. She gets off the plane, calls her sugar, which um, I have tried before with women. 
<laughs> and also goes well when I do it. Yeah, so, solid, yeah. solid pickup line. Yeah, it's a good. <laughs> hey, sugar, how you doing? There? Honey buns. Yeah, uh, no, and uh, <laughs> uh, and he, he gives Tom Hanks a telegram from his parents, and Hanks is expecting it to be ah uh, good. I'm gonna get out of here, but it says. Nope, you are officially um, in the Peace Corps now. We pulled the strings. Your wealthy, connected family pulled the strings, and now you are officially in the Peace Corps. And Hanks has this great line. Um, it's not that I can't help this people. It's just that I don't want to. And <laughs> I really like that. That was good. So, yeah, sorry. Go for it, man. Yeah, no, they... Um, we would say some of the, some of the actors in this, uh, uh, most famously... Uh, Getty Watanabe, who uh, is in 16 Candles, um, which Matt has not seen. No, um, I'm lucky me. There, there's, uh, and kind of the, and maybe Revenge of the Nerds, I think, also. Uh, not the most sensitive portrayals of Asians and Asian Americans in in those movies. And this was, this, I've seen worse, but yeah, it was hardly, um, you know, there, there was, you know, obviously a, a a Japanese national and a mm-hmm. you know v- several uh, uh, Chinese ethnic Chinese actors. Um, you know, there's a, quite a difference between them. And well, it's better than the original Upland quite Town. American, where the main <laughs> female lead is an Italian playing uh, <laughs> a Vietnamese. Yeah, I, so, right. Again, which we'll do it, sometime on this podcast. It's but. it's somewhat closer. Yeah. So, um, God. Yeah. <laughs> so they're going to Long Ta. Yes, is, and they need to build a bridge. That's their stated goal, I guess. There's communist guerrillas in the jungle nearby. Yeah, and you very see, dangerous. See, you see them ominously checking them out. Um, there's a scene that's t- super Orientalist, like just uh, one, <laughs> just one, where John Candy is like looking in the forest. He's like, "Oh, let's cut down these trees." And there's like stops, like, "No, their forest ancestors live in these trees. You can't cut them down." Like. You know, there's this um, kind of, uh, oh, if you take their picture, it'll steal yeah, their spirit the kind of thing. sacred teak of the village or something, they say. so. Yeah, so they're, not, they're just making shit up, like, um, to kind of primitivize uh, uh, this group. And, yeah. um, you know, you can't cut down those trees. And, you know, oh, God, I don't know. The, um, <laughs> Uh, Tom Hanks doing teaching them card tricks. The local villagers. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, John Candy clearing the jungle by himself with a machete, and he runs into a tiger. Oh yeah. And then he is doing lots of. I guess it's supposed to be funny. Like he drops the machete. He's like, "Look, safe." You know, like I'm your friend. Yeah. You know, and um, is he kitty kitty? Yeah. 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 You know, and then yeah. he... Uh, They're probably like, okay, just do your, do your John Candy thing. Like, yeah. He falls in a tiger trap. Yeah. And... A tiger... Communists tiger, yeah. surround him. Yeah, yeah. There's like a hundred guns around him. Um, did you like when uh, there's also this, at some time in this point, uh, Tom, uh, Tom Hanks gets a, is given a joint, and he's like, it's not the dung of your ancestors in here, is it? <laughs> like, okay, come on. Like... <laughs> Come on, man. Um, so then, yeah, we get the... Uh, Did you? I like the card game that they're playing and the, all the ties. Um, he's like, all right, get your bets in, and they just put, like, live chickens on the table. <laughs> yeah. 
And uh, <laughs> it's like not all at once. Uh, and then he says, "All right, the next game is called New England baseball. It's regular five card stud, but the deuces are wild for white men." <laughs> oh, oh man, yeah. Um, you know, which is probably period specifically about uh, on the money for, for yeah, way, yeah, yeah. Why not? Yeah, um, the warlord, the warlord. This, yeah, yeah, Chung Mi. Uh, I think it's he's his got name. tons of medals and like like sick like <laughs> long hair. like gray hair. Yeah, how would you describe his his hair is very like uh, I don't know. It looks like um, it looks like eighties like yeah like a eighties hair metal band if the singer had gray hair kind of thing like yeah or like or like an like an an, you know, an aging Glenn Fry or Michael McDonald or right something. not like poofy a, like eighties yeah, poofy yeah. but like eighties kind of stringy and. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um yeah, he shows up and he <laughs> he runs the black market there. And so they've uh and he kidnaps Atun and Tom Hanks and he takes them to some sort of jungle temple of doom type location. <laughs> and uh Atun says, "They want to use me like a woman." And Tom Hanks says, uh, <laughs> "Well, you'll just have to show them that you can take it like a man." <laughs> Uh, and what was with the sumo wrestlers? Like, yeah, no, they had all these crazy mixed metaphors. So some of the, like the actors were like, like Chinese guys in like sumo kind of wrestling, kind of the 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 actual co- combat kind of rap. And yeah, there was just weird, um, you know. Again, central casting, like what looks Oriental, you know, would be the, yeah. the call that went out to the whatever the Mexican. Central casting had in their collection. Um, yeah, that was that was uh, that was interesting. Um, the warlord and Tom Hanks basically make a deal that Tom Hanks will get the bridge done within six weeks, and in exchange, will get forty-eight grand and a trip back to the United States. So they make that agreement, and a bar, and yeah, a bar. There is a a woman comes in. After business comes pleasure. The what's his name? Me Chung Me Chung Me Chung Me says, and um, her name is Lucille. And they have a very uh, racist, stereotypical joke about her accent. Um, <laughs> that, she has the crazy that makeup, goes right? on. Right, right. That oh, goes God. on for like thirty seconds. Um, Hanks thinks she's there to have sex with him, um, and she has giant razors for fingernails. Yeah, and then somehow um, he moves just in time, and she sh- her nails get stuck in the bar when she's trying to. No, that's it. later. Oh, is that later? Is that later? That's later. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's later. I dozed off right here, okay. but um, we do show up when he has a bar. Suddenly, this is how he gets. Oh, you the, fell yeah. asleep for that much? I go asleep. <laughs> it wasn't that much. Okay, all right. Well, I'll, I will have to catch up on then. Then, uh, um, John Candy's missing. Yes. Beth and John, um, or Beth, yeah, discuss uh, John Candy. They basically say he's screwed. Tom Hanks is all gung-ho on the bridge project now because he wants the money and he wants to get home. Um, The local villagers give a Lawrence, Lawrence chant. So Beth is a little disturbed by that. Um, John Candy with the uh, Vietnamese communists. 
um, the communist says to him, do you know where you are? And Candy says, my guess is I'm in the clutches of the angry pink menace. <laughs> he gives, sounds like a euphemism. He gives a brief, like, propaganda speech to John Candy, you know, like, blah, blah, down with capitalist imperialist pigs, etc. And yeah. Candy tells Candy he will now be brainwashed. And then they cut scene, and John Candy is giving his own revolutionary screed, dressed in the olive drab clothes. And uh, his mission from the communists is also to build the bridge. Like the warlord wants the bridge built to help transport opium. The communists want the bridge built to help facilitate their. It's good for everyone. Yeah, exactly. Um, where are we? I don't even know. God. Um, well, there, there, there's the. Um there's the scene where she runs into Tom then, Rita does, and he refuses to sleep with her. Yeah, you're he, still way ahead. <laughs> we're still we're still not you're there. You're still way ahead. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. You were out for a while. <laughs> Eric fell asleep while watching the movie. <laughs> this is how prepared he was for this, folks. <laughs> I was prepared. This movie did was not prepared for keeping me awake. All right, I'll try to real quickly catch up to and that I'm point. Um uh, let's see. Tom Hanks arguing with Beth. She says they come, things come so easily for him. Um, Tom Hanks, Hanks tries to teach her to kind of get along with the locals. And he says to her and tie some words and the words that he has her say to them are move this log and I'll sleep with each of you, which she repeats to them. And then they immediately like run to move the log and help her. Uh, John Candy is back. There's a montage of falling trees, cutting shit, building the bridge. Um, some good dope elephant uh, footage, which I'm always a fan of. Um, and then much hilarity with John Candy being unable to use a hammer and the bridge is complete. Well done, everyone. Um, ah, here. I think we're almost to where you're okay, back. Okay. Okay. So um, Atun enters while Beth is showering and requests her presence at some unnamed event. And I think he enjoys what he sees, let's just say. Uh, Tom Hanks has set up quite a lovely evening for all. He has rigged up electricity in his hut, and somehow it looks like a nightclub, complete with bar. And she is not... It looks, looks lovely. Yeah, it does. And she is not feeling it. Um, did you notice her hair looked quite 80s? It was kind of the curly, like... Permy sort yeah. of thing. It yeah. was not 1962 hair at yeah, all. That was the, yeah, it was, yeah, no one would have had hair like that. So she's about to bail, but Tom Hanks has the magic bullet, a Coca-Cola. <laughs> and she stays for the Coke. And the Thai, there's a Thai, old Thai guy with a uh, fin, the Thai kind of guitar, like lap, yeah, yeah, lap yeah. steel yeah, right. guitar. That's and he cool. starts playing uh, No Way Out by the Allman Brothers on it, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> also, t as time goes by. <laughs> that would have been awesome. Um, so they dance. Uh, he walks her to her hut, and she, this is, now you're back, right? She she I'm asks back. him to come in, and he has somehow become mature and says no. No, this, yeah. Let's, let's take this slow. I'd rather not do the sex, um... I know I want to, but I don't. I don't think we should. And so she's disappointed, but they kiss, and then he leaves. Um, okay, so you're good now, right? I'm good. Now I'm he's good. back. All right. Now, now Eric we got CIA, CIA Tim John. 
Well, or Tim is his actual. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. John, Sorry. CIA John, um, who 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 shows up and kind of shows his hand. Right. He's not just a. Uh, he he reveals this to Rita. Right. And this is the point where, um, you know, I'm uh, you know. He's got painted face and talking crazy. Yeah. And he says, my great quote, they're going to be shocked out of their sarongs. <laughs> so he yeah. wants Beth. Oh, and we forgot to mention earlier, earlier in the film, he, they, he and Beth had this like flirtatious thing going on and he gives her a gift. And it's like this Burmese prince, like, um, uh, not it's not a doll. It's like a statue or something, but it has a huge erection on it, and she's like very like, "What the hell is this?" kind of thing. And he asks her, "Is like, where is the, uh, where is the Burmese sex toy?" You know, basically like when when he's in that room, yeah. and uh, there there are several like really weird and you know some of it's funny, some of it's disturbing lines given. Some of uh, it feels some of it feels like, you know, when you hear like uh people talking about, "Oh, I was asked to punch up a script." Like, "Hey, that need we need to like let's add like a, you know, something zany here." Like, you know, it yeah. feels like that. Like Right, but it was like it's zany sexual assault. So it's like <laughs> yeah. you know, it was hard to know where to go with that you know he freaking chloroformed was it, her. I, was, <laughs> like, just, I was just gonna say was it less sexual assault than when he chloroformed yeah, her like what the like yeah and kidnap and kidnaps, and kidnaps her. her yeah, yeah. so yeah so <clears throat> he is cia he's working with the chinese warlord we, we will find Chung-mi. um but atun sees john run off with her and he thinks it's like a copacetic thing like right. that she's love you know down um and so, uh, next day, bridge opening ceremony, John Candy presides over the party. We have lots of fireworks, some Thai kickboxing. Did you like that? Yeah, that was nice. Um, some good dancing. Nice little nice little evening. Not bad, yeah. I'd go to that party. Um, but Beth is missing. Yeah, no, everyone's worried. Beth's missing. Well, I think just Tom Hanks is, but... <laughs> yeah, because... Well, they think that she ran. They think that she ran off with him, right? Atun tells him out of love. Yeah, tells Tom lust. right that they were, you know, running into the jungle. Um, John Candy doing a bit of a uh, bridge on the river Kwai homage with the whistling. <laughs> yeah, um, with the and the the you know the Washington State University fight song. Yeah, is the is kind of the the kind of like the joke. Um, yeah. And then he, the right, and then he not snaps. Not a bad, not a bad. A yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he snaps into commie talk again, like the revolutionary capitalist must pay. <laughs> uh, I thought that was kind of funny, like <laughs> like, a, like him like spouting sort of half-baked, you know, um, communist manifesto. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Car with Lucille pulls up and she's got his cash, baby. She is very flirtatious with him, but also about to kill him. Um, which Atun keeps <laughs> interrupting the the killing. Hanks thinks they're gonna have sex, and Atun keeps interrupting the sex slash murder. We well, you know, said that the crazy face paint she has on, yeah, like, it's, it's wild. Like, yeah, it's She's, like it's like if a kid's sort of birthday party artist like said, "All right, draw like a weird curly cues on my face, and then make him go like like." 
it, it, it reflects mm-hmm. nothing that's actually exists. Yeah, I don't know what the, it's and, supposed to be like. And uh, it's uh, it's very it's very it's very Bond villain in <laughs> in that like just shoot him or like you know like <laughs> pussyfooting around like the. Well, I think that's our Bond different. villain name. Yeah, pussyfooting. Yeah. Pussyfooting. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it was yeah it was a weird one. Um, um yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, Tom Hanks asks her if she has slept with uh, Chung Mi, the warlord, and uh, he says, uh, quote, he must be hung like a cocktail, Frank. Yeah. Yeah, there's... there's, there's They come hard and fast, folks. (laughs) Shit like that. Um, It is Uh, 1985. I mean, I guess... Oh, yeah, it's fine. You know, like, yeah, that's the kind of shit you would have heard that in, in 1962. God. Oh, definitely. Uh, Atun saves him. Uh, she, yeah, this is when she gets her claws stuck, Eric, in the bar. Uh, She's about yeah. to kill him from behind. There are these long spikes that are come out of her nails. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, and then she is, it's very weird how she like, oh, I'm stuck and I just can't get free. Help, help. And you can kind <laughs> right. of see like. She's clearly like just pushing her hand down. Like, yeah, you yeah, can cause... see the tips of them moving like as she's, yeah. as she's it's definitely quote unquote struggling. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's quite stupid. Um... <laughs> uh, and then we're, then we're at the rescue. Right? Yes. Yes. They figure out that uh, John is working with the warlord that went. It was quite easy to figure out, actually, for them in the film. I would say so, that the, the Warlord's HQ is a terribly, paint, like a hokey painted sort of um, f- backdrop that is supposed to like... <laughs> oh, the Temple of Doom? Yeah, it yeah. looks it looks bad. Like, it does not look good. Like No. That's a, they did not blow the budget on that one. No, they did not. <laughs> so it's Tom Hanks and Atun. John Candy can't come because he has to defend the bridge. And so, yes, there's a series of heads on spikes, very intimidating. Yeah, which yeah. they very comically have a tune's head, kind of interspersed in between two of the heads on spikes. Yeah, like um, classic sort of young Frankenstein, yeah. like head in the yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, <laughs> their their big plan is for Atun to distract the guards, which are the sumo wrestlers. While Tom Hanks sneaks in behind them, and this is like the least well-defended fortress I've ever seen, because Atun just opens the door to the gate and walks in, and then says, "Do you guys want a cigarette?" And then they kind of go, "Oh, cigarette!" Huh? And then they sort of follow him, and he's like, "Come on, little guy, come on, get your cigarette." And then Tom Hanks <sighs> opens the door to the gate, walks behind them as they're getting their cigarette, and just opens the door to the palace and is in. It was quite terrible and stupid in all ways conceivable. Yeah, all that build up, and then that's the shit that, yeah. <laughs> and there's, like, uh, the, the the rescue is also, like, um, you know, just implausible, like. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, oh, let's, let's have, uh, I saw this scene somewhere in the, a 1950s, like let's cut the chandelier and and have it fall down on people, and uh, yeah, it's full of that. And Beth is uh, doped up on opium the whole time because uh, John has, I think, he wants her drugged up so he can have his way sexually with her or something. I'm not exactly sure, but he did chloroform her, so anything's possible. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they make the great escape, 
Um, not nearly as great of an escape as the movie The Great Escape, but they make The Great Escape complete with, yes, the stupid chandelier gimmick thing that, yeah, it's just, uh, yeah. They jump out of a uh, window into the river to get free. So yeah. they're, they make off. Did you like the uh, the series of, <laughs> like, trans translucent uh, screens that ends up turning into like a maze kind of thing where they're like opening and then it's like opening and closing the screens and walking this way and then the bad guys walk this way and then they walk this way and then it's it's just it was it, yeah yeah I mean right it was so you could just had a more straightforward like kind of uh, you know siege of the Alamo or style like it would have been much more interesting than this kind of I tell you it was like Bond it was like a Bond villain hall. They just watch Enter the Dragon or some shit, um, and thought, "Hey, let's do this." Uh, we're now what well, we're ready to blow up the bridge. Is yeah, we're back next? at the hut. They, yeah, uh, yeah they've got to. Uh, you know, they know Chun Mi's gonna come to get Beth. They have to blow up the bridge. Tom Hanks says that he loves Beth, mm-hmm. but he doesn't want to blow up the bridge, and it's not really clear why he doesn't want to do that. He just kind of says, "He no, I don't want to do that." And then she says, uh, you can't have me unless we blow up the bridge. And then he goes, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, th- and that was believable. You could see a guy being like, all right, like, I don't I don't believe it that strongly. Like, <laughs> Did you catch uh, Atun with the random, uh, what have you learned, Dorothy line? No. <laughs> yeah, which is from Wizard of Oz. Like, <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> Uh, John Candy is uh, comes in giving full force communist speech. He People's tries, army, yeah, yeah. <laughs> As the villagers are all like, with I him. wanted, I wanted yeah. more of that. I wanted more of Fever Dream, John. Well, Candy. they had more of it. Yeah. You slept through some of it too. I think. God damn it! Uh, I, I'll make a master. Go cut. back and catch, yeah, yeah, master cut of John Candy as Kami. Um, he's got a stick of dynamite. Um, that I guess they get away from him, put it out. Yeah, and he lights it in there. Yeah. But then they have this stupid, like, hey, you know, it's it's like uh, Randy Quaid, Christmas Vacation, like, falls down a well, eyes go cross, gets kicked <laughs> by a mule, eyes go straight again. You know, it's like, hey, if you slap John Candy once, he turns into back into an American. But if you slap him again, he turns back into a communist. Like, yeah. And so then they're just like, slap him again, slap him again. And then they just keep, like, hitting him in the face over and over again. Like, and he's like... The imperialists, I love America. Yeah. You know, like, uh, capitalism is, you know, swine, and then, you know, God bless her. <laughs> yeah, I, I, could, I couldn't... The, the, it's not the, funny. Like, I don't even it, know. It's just kind of... It, and it didn't It didn't earn... The film didn't earn that kind of, like, tone. It, it just... You could tell it was like, hey, let's... We've got John Candy here. Let's, let's have him do some John Candy shit. <laughs> let's let him go uh, nuts. So the so, the, so the he plan comes, is to he blow comes up the back. bridge. Yeah, yeah, and they they slap him the correct number of times to get him to turn back into an American, and then the entire village hums "America the Beautiful," and then we are seen. Uh, and we are at the bridge, loading up the dynamite as the communists are coming into view in jeeps. Chun Mi is coming in his car. Um, the communists. Uh, foot, did you see the soldiers that are walking? We're doing the Washington State fight song. Yeah, <laughs> that was good. Again, yeah, that was funny. <laughs> Obviously, he had done that. Right, right. <laughs> um, 
So the bridge doesn't blow. They've wired it, but something fuse, something goes yeah. wrong. Again, another cliche, like, oh, my God, like, somebody's going to have to go run out into the bridge and fix it. Yeah, and it's going to be Lon's Ball in the third. Yeah. But um, he doesn't run. Nope, takes his sweet time. He takes a rope. He, like, uh, what, do you, what do you call that when you're... Um, What's the term for that? Um, oh, he's like he's like belaying himself. Or yeah, like, like yeah. crawling up a yeah. rope to get to the bridge. I thought maybe just walk would have been faster, but um, so he gets back up there. John, of course, catches him with his knife. He's named Mike, which is kind of another right. running joke right. throughout the film. CI guy is um, got him, and Tom Hanks very easily tricks him by saying, "Hey, look, is that a Soviet MIG up in the sky?" And then John looks up. And Tom Hanks pushes him into the river. Tom Hanks jumps into the river. They Were there MIGs in 1962? I mm, should have Googled that. Probably. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Probably. So, yeah. So, the, so they're successful. They blow The bridge blows up. But, oh, my God. Where's Tom Hanks? Tom. He's in the water. Not Tom Hanks. No. <laughs> He's dead, isn't he? He's dead. It's not a COVID, Tom. Somebody he, give him mouth to mouth. Uh, and that's what Rita's for. She, um, they pull him out of the water very casually, like, oh, let's let him float face down for a while. <laughs> and uh, uh, and he immediately starts breathing and kissing her. Um, and, uh, I'm going to try that move later. I'm going to pretend that I'm out. And um, we'll see if Jess will See if Jess revives you. She'll give, give me mouth to mouth and then. Okay, I want a passionate kiss. I want fourteen thousand dollars on Jess not passionate kissing you. <laughs> yeah, that would be the safe bet. She'll save your life, but there's not going to be like a. And she'd kick the body a couple times, you know, like yeah. Guess she'd be like, "Oh, you old so and so teasing me. Let me give you a big kiss." No, no, she would not do that. What the hell, dude? No. Uh, then we have um, Tom Hanks, and I guess the narration of a letter he has written home uh-huh. to mommy and daddy. Uh, says he has he's doing the right thing for the right reasons for the first time, which means what? What is he doing? Open a casino, he's baby! Opening a casino. <laughs> <laughs> we have elephant races, and that was pretty funny, yeah. actually. <laughs> Kickboxing, you know, <laughs> cockfights, and then and he's like, "Well, I gotta go. Time is opium. I, I mean, money." Like, <laughs> yeah. And they uh, get married. Yeah. Premonition for real life, I think. <sighs> Well, he didn't want to. That's why he's he's a he's a he's a conservative guy. You know, he doesn't he doesn't do the na- nasty without being married. So there you go. You know, that's he withhold, and so their he did their their promise rings are intact. And um, yeah, how they, how uh, my uh, I lost my Wi Fi, so you're gonna have to look. Uh, what year did they get married in real life? Let's see. Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson. You can look that up. Um. And I will say that is the end of the film, uh, luckily for all involved. And, yeah, we have... 1988, three years after this. Okay, okay, so, cool. Good job for them. They seem, uh, you know, who the hell knows, they're celebrities, but they seem like a happily married couple. Yeah, I mean, you know, they've got got, uh, one amazing son, um, the other one who is... uh, 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 thinks he's a rapper who speaks in patois, and they do. I know they have the one that's an actor. Yeah, Colin, he's good. The other one, the other one is uh, super embarrassing. Oh, okay. Like, I don't know. Speaks about the in a Jamaican, speaks in a Jamaican accent. 
um, and is a is a wannabe sort of white rapper. Um, that's worth a that's worth a that's worth a deep dive. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, for our podcast listeners, check that out. <laughs> yeah, something else to check out might be a book of the week. It might be a book of the week. Elizabeth Cobes Hoffman, All You Need Is Love, The Peace Corps in the Spirit of the 1960s. This kind of traces the de- uh, Great title. development of the Peace Corps from its, and maybe the devolution, if you will, of the Peace Corps from its sort of heady, idealistic introduction, which we talked about under Kennedy, um, and the subsequent travails that it faced, you know. So we kind of have this heady decade, maybe, in the 60s, if you want to call it that. But by the end of the decade, you have the kind of more leftist radicals, if you will, denouncing the Peace Corps as this imperialist plot. And then you have conservatives saying that it is a waste of money, waste of time, so they're writing it off. So you have that. that so that's why the Peace Corps peaks in 66, right? 15,000, right? I mean, I think at its low point, there were like 2,000 volunteers in a year or something. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's higher now it's than still, that. But it's still around. And it, and yeah, it's it, still um, around. I know somebody that did it, yeah. and, um, and she thought it was very good. For her, so and for the people that she. I mean, I I uh, I think that like, um, you know, America should have a national service, and th- mandatory, and that should be that could be one thing you you could do for your national service is freaking go in the Peace Corps, dude. Get out of the country and learn some goddamn things about the rest of the world. Eric is starting his campaign today on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Loosely, uh, yeah, I'm really uh, uh, Kennedy in it, just thrown out, spitballing ideas yeah. um, to the wind. Uh, Cobbs Hoffman compares the Peace Corps to volunteer sor- uh, service organizations initiated elsewhere in the world, um, puts it in context within the Cold War, and then kind of discusses the evolution of the Peace Corps in the decades that followed. For our purposes, uh, the 60s is probably most most significant. Um Volunteers maybe didn't see themselves as Cold Warriors, but Kennedy's vision for the Peace Corps is one truly linked to the Cold War, to Cold War geopolitics, um, and essentially saw it as the antidote to the ugly American, if you will. So that is Elizabeth Copes Hoffman, All You Need Is Love, The Peace Corps, and The Spirit of the 60s. I do have another book. Book of the Week. Peace Corps (laughs) Fantasies, How Development Shaped the Global 60s. Molly Geidel is this one. And the argument here is the agency helped create and sustain the an ideal, um, the masculine development worker, the heroic development worker, uh, the seduction of global South population with, quote, modernization's promise of homosocial intimacy through participation in capitalist relations, end quote. Um, so she talks about how the, Maybe the Peace Corps is projecting altruism, but in reality, it is instead embodying the violence and pa- uh, the patriarchal system inherent in the economic development, um, in economic development, excuse me, and reinforced American domination. So, for example, discussing the Peace Corps' um, equation of underdevelopment with diminished masculinity, with insufficient patriarchy. A lot of this book is deals in, like, theory, scholarly work on development, which honestly is beyond me, okay? But um, it, I think, also has a role in the contribution to 
historiography on Peace Corps, so I'm throwing that in too as my number two book of the week. And if you had the rise of the Saruman Oak, that's three, baby. Um, that's three. Is that a new record? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Um, well, uh, rate it, baby. Now's the time in the pod where we uh, we give it the dong. So, um, which is, of course, the Vietnamese, Vietnamese currency. currency. Yeah. Um, how, why don't you go first, Maddie? Where do you, how, oh, how, man. How many dong are you giving this baby? Uh,. So it's not going to get a lot of dong from me. Uh, this film is, you know, there are most things from the 80s, aside from me, are shitty, I would I would say. Um, <laughs> right in, fans. Napalm uh, uh, Podcast on Twitter and Attack Man. It's generally a bad decade. Um, this film fits in well with that. Okay, because it's bad. <laughs> there, and, pretty broad brush. Okay, I'm listening. No, no, no. Yeah. But like, there are certain things. You know, looking back, God, how forty years ago almost at this point. Looking back at movies from the '80s, that oh, okay, you know, I know it's from its time. There are certain aspects you can kind of laugh at, and maybe this part of it holds up or whatever. This film doesn't have much of that. Okay, it does. No. It does not. It's not, there are several lines that are funny. There are a couple, maybe couple scenes. I don't even know if there's a couple scenes. Maybe, if I'm being generous, there are a couple scenes that are funny. That would be very generous. But generally, it's just pretty dumb. And Number two at the box office, this opened up, by the way. I, look, I saw Jeez. Wow. Hard up. Well, there, more proof that the 80s were a really bad decade. Hey, you got E.T., you got Raiders Lost Ark. Don't give me your sh- bullshit, Matt. As I was saying, the 80s were bad in every way conceivable, and this movie is more proof of that. Um, This, God, I mean, it's got, God, Tom Hanks. But, dude, you can tell why he maybe went away from comedy if this is, like, what he's going to be doing. Maybe, maybe this is, he was looking back on this a few years later. It's like you know what comedy? You force count. Yeah. Why don't I do? Why don't I do some real shit here and become the best actor like of this generation? And so yeah, it's getting getting three dong from me. I think. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I think the eighties um, were amazing. The 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 electronic drums versus real drum sound. <laughs> oh God! Is, oh, which Matt oh. which Matt loves loves it. Um, now, but aside from that, um, gated re- that is literally <laughs> torture. Like. And uh, when I get kidnapped and interrogated by Islamic State, they're just gonna play shitty eighties with the gated re- reverb yeah, on the reverb drum. drums yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so no, I think uh, it it had it had a lot. I mean, again, John Candy and and Tom Hanks. There's like. There's great actors there that could and Rita. It could have been. It could have been interesting or fun. But the script, the script sucked. It sucked yeah. so bad. And yeah. there were like the the. Well, he was miscast right away playing the the asshole. Like that's just not him. Like you know he can't. He does not d- do that well. He reads immediately as like oh that guy, and so um, you know I thought it was 
it was wrongheaded. And then, um, yeah, you know, I think I, I think I'm right there with you. I'm gonna give it three. It was, uh, I, it's not, it's not, it's not even a bad like, you know, so so it's bad. Not that fun it's fun bad. Yeah, it's yeah. not even fun bad. It's got a few lines that are that are good, but yeah, watch our Christmas movie ten times. It's hilarious because it's so bad. But this is not. Um, no, I don't know. If you last ounce that. of valor. What is mm, the last ounce of courage. courage? Yeah, no, you should not do that. Uh, but yeah, so um, we're gonna give it. Uh, we'll give it three dong. Well, um, yeah, fans, where, where can they? Where can they? Uh, where can they? Reach you can us, Matt? still reach us at Napalm Podcast on Twitter. And I have to say, like, I know I've already said, like, I'm gonna be switching from there. I was waiting for. Is it gonna be post? Is it gonna be Mastodon? Like, which one of these other non-Twitter entities is? Gonna... Are you gonna go to Trump Social? That that is not happening. <laughs> um, I was waiting for one of them to kind of, you know, rise above, rise yeah. above, and that as of now has not, not happened. happened. But I also will say, Twitter has become so shitty. Like, just it doesn't even fucking work. Half the algorithm, the time. Like, like, yeah, yeah. Like, this is what happens when you fire seventy percent of the people that work for you, and you don't know. You know, I saw a, uh, um, something earlier that somebody was. You know, I don't know anything about cars. And everyone says Elon Musk is a genius and knows everything about cars. So I just believed he was a genius. And the same thing with <laughs> rockets into space. Yeah. But then this person was a computer programmer and does all this sort of stuff. And then he's like, but then I saw Elon talking about computers. And I realized, oh, he doesn't know anything at all either, what he's talking yeah. about. And so then I, so I must assume he doesn't know anything about cars or rockets either. He has people Which, working for him that do. He doesn't. He's not an actual engineer. He Ex- has no degree. Except that uh, he fired those people at right. Twitter, and now they're not doing anything. Yeah. So, God, I'm going to turn this into Elon's screen. Um which he deserves because you just went into the red. All the, he does the- is just fucking respond to the worst like dregs of humanity on Twitter. These are all the people he talks to. It's so infuriating. Um <laughs> This has gone off the rails. Um <laughs> long story short, we're still on Twitter at Napalm Podcast. Um <laughs> and I'll let you know when we move. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I want to move. I'm not sure which is the best place to move. If you have a if you have a recommendation, let me know, but he might block that because he doesn't let you promote any other social medias on Twitter. So free speech advocate. Matt, and Matt was really advocating for Snapchat and TikTok. So no, um, no, we'll, no. Uh, you know, God, I hate all of it, man. It's all so bad. It's just like, why do I have to do this? It's just, it sucks. I just want to see what's in the news and I want to see who the bulls did not trade for. That's all I want. Just read the fucking Economist and that's all you that's all you need to do. But I can't get yeah. breaking news in the Economist. It's not what you want. Ugh, breaking news is the worst. Oh, uh, I like it. I like it when you don't even know if it's true yet. You got to wait and then you think it might be. That's the best. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, um we love you. We'll try to we'll Add try to do this Palm a podcast more often. on yeah. Twitter. Recommendations for films. Yeah. Smash the like on your podcast delivery service, leave us the five star or 10 or 30 or yeah. however many the top is. Just up. do that. And then also write a review that says we are really nice, Amazing. nice gentlemen. Yeah. You know, we would love that. Do that. And, uh, well, and let's just stop. That's good enough. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we love you folks. We'll, uh, we'll see you again soon back on, uh, Napalm. Who knows when, but someday. Bye. I love the smell of great pump in the morning. Did you first blow? I'll bet you could suck a golf ball through a garden hose. Good!
have me worry about that green beret. Napalm in the morning. Your first, last, and only podcast for the Vietnam War through film.